Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. That's right. So Ukrainians are saying Putin is a madman. We're going to find out today because I have someone from Ukraine, Ukraine here inside the studio. Today, a man who lived in Ukraine the, for most of his life joins the show to talk about what life was like living next to Russia and how Vladimir Putin is a madman. We also, yeah, Voldemort. Voldemir? Voldemir. Vladimir. Vladimir. I we also Vlad. No. Okay, Vlad. Uh, we also have the Fogo podcast coming on as a guest today. Fogo, that is uh, what fear of going outside. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, but before we get to Fogo, let's talk about uh, Russia and let's talk about Ukraine. So, step up to the to the mic there. There we go. Get a little closer. There we go. All right. All right. So, Vlad. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what's going on in Ukraine, because a lot of people here in the in the U.S. are kind of confused. You know, we don't like believing the mainstream media and what they're telling us. You know, I like to find out from people on the ground what's really happening in that country, what's going on with this conflict, you know, with Russia, Ukraine. You know, what's really happening? You know, so tell us, you know, from someone who's from Ukraine, what is going on? Yeah, Mike, thank you for having me here. Uh, maybe I'll start from quickly introducing myself. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I was born in Ukraine, in Crimea, in Simferopol. It's a part of Ukraine which was first taken in 2014. Uh, I married a beautiful wife. I have a nine-year-old son and adorable dog. Um, I moved to the United States like five years ago, and I have been living in, in Austin for almost three years. Um, what's happening right now, it's a full-scale war as we know it, uh, as we knew it uh, since uh, World War II. It's the largest uh, invasion since that time. So we're talking about like 
in Europe, uh, there was nothing like this before for most 75 years plus. Uh, so as of now, we are like Ukrainians are fighting against uh, 160,000 uh, troops, uh, which was already deployed on like 90% according to um, different intelligence uh, updates. They are already within a Ukrainian sovereign borders. Um, so what's happening? It started from like something which nobody really could believe. Uh, with all of the again, very bad relationships we had with Russia in the last uh, eight years, uh, nobody until last moment, until the first rocket really got into our uh, airspace, nobody really could believe that it's going to get uh, to, 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 to the full-scale war. Right. No uh, one believed that it would go to this, this, this extent of actually, you know, a full-scale war you know, where Russia is trying to actually invade and take over Ukraine. Yeah, it's again, when somebody uh, trying to position it as a politics uh, dispute, it's not like that, right? You uh, war, it's when you can't resolve uh, different issues with, with politics. So when you have a, have to deploy troops, not to have to, when you do that intentionally, it's a full-scale war. All right, so who's right in this situation? Is Ukraine correct or is, uh, is Russia in the right? Uh, so... I don't think there is a. I even have to answer this question, right? If there is a one country cross the border of another sovereign country, like the one who's crossed the border, is definitely not following the world uh, ordinance and rules, right? Uh, so the fact that Russia has decided to, you know, to cross over into Ukraine to take over Ukraine, Russia's got to be the one that's in the wrong. Yeah, and we actually it's a, a little bit. Uh, we, we have to really look back, right? Because right. like, what's, what's the history behind this? Because, uh, you know, I remember back way back when the USSR, you know, everyone was one big, huge country. So is is Putin trying to put this, you know, put his big USSR back together again? Uh, you're absolutely right. right? We are as a, the countries within a former Soviet Union borders, except the ones who were lucky enough to get into the NATO uh, before this time. We are like a hostages of the vision of the world of the one man mm -hmm. who is like 22 years in 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 power okay uh so you can imagine how how like if you like even keep on the same uh job 22 years right you probably you you will kind of lose the perception of, of many things right mm -hmm. therefore what's happening right now uh again there is there is no there should be no history right regardless what kind of difficulties we had before um What's happening right now, it's completely like there is no justification. There couldn't be any justification for that. And actually, we are talking about invasion right now, but actually the invasion happened in 2014 when Crimea was annexed. That's the first time when the international uh, like world uh, rules were breached uh, to, to such a level of extent, right? The another sovereign country was not just invaded. We had different examples of invasions and, and wars, but was purely annexed. So the right. territory with the people was taken from another sovereign country. Nothing like this was happening for again since probably World War II. Right. And we need to start the conversation. We need to build our conversations from that time, from 2014. All right. So Thomas says I can understand why Russia is not wanting NATO on their southern border. Uh, he said history has shown that the most powerful nations of NATO have attacked Russia. You know, what are your, your thoughts on that? Well, I would love to see examples when uh, nations are attacking Russia. There was a, 
the only one uh, probably the only one example I can I can, I can get it's from, it's a uh, Nazi Germany in 1939 starting the World War Two. That's the example I can take. I everything else again, like it's just impossible to. I mean, it's I don't think there is an example of country attacking Russia. Uh, I mean, there could be political debates. Right. People can say, oh, I don't like what Russian government does uh, or stuff like that, but. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't think that's ever happening. Yeah. I know this does show that you know how how not so powerful Russia actually is because when the United States decided to invade Iraq, you know we did it in a hundred hours. You know the United States, a superpower, took over another country, one hundred hours. But now we're looking at Russia, who's also supposed to be a superpower. They're supposed to you know be able to have that you know that huge force there to take over another country. And here, here we are. We're over a week long and they're still going back and forth uh it seems like he's, they're you know they're losing ground they're losing people uh it seems like uh, the russians are losing they've lost more people in this conflict than uh the u.s lost in the iraq in the entire iraq war so far is the numbers that i'm getting so we'll see you know as we get a little uh maybe later in the week maybe we get some accurate numbers out of that we come back from the break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Ukraine and talk about Russia. Going to talk about FOGO, the fear of going outside. Uh, and you know what? There's some people that are saying, hey, we're packing up our stuff. We're going to Ukraine. We're going to help the Ukraine citizens. We're going to help some people come out. Going to talk about that also. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about Ukraine. We're talking about Russia. Um, we have a, a guest here in the studio that's from Ukraine. And, you know, my question for you is, you know, can Ukraine win this fight? Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of my personal stories from there, just, just, just to build the... Um, how Ukrainian people perceive this war. Um, again, nobody could believe that it's going to happen until we actually got some messages from our friends who woke up in the middle of the night with their children from the explosions. They were living their life, and out of nowhere, out of sudden, 
they walk out with the kids. If you can imagine this thing, right? You live in your house, in your apartment, and then you walk up from the explosion. This is just horrible, right? And I have a friends all over Ukraine, in Odessa, in Kiev, in Lviv. Uh, they were all bombarded, right? There were other explosions all over the place. Uh, this is this is where there was a uh, Ukrainian people was like again, we are so close with Russian, right? My wife is Russian, right? Uh, and we have so many mixed families. Again, it's it's a very common thing. It's not an, an unusual, right? So this is a complicated subject. It's it's a complicated subject which now became black and white. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Uh, before we we can we had our internal discussions. Uh, in 2014, it became it was a very it was a red flag. I think the majority of country changed their mind, but there was still quite a portion of country who was like, well, it's a politics. Let's guy try to settle it and in, in the normal things. Then now uh, it's a completely different. Mm. Now it's everyone that took it very personal, and now there is no more. Um, different interpretation of, of what's going on and this and why we are fighting so again the, i think the plan was it's known thing was like 72 hours right now we have 11th day on the, of the fight and there's only one major regional center taken and i think this will tell, tell the story about how fearful uh, and how 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 people in ukraine trying to fight and protect their choice of freedom and trying to be trying to protect their uh, again, land and more than that is a civilization of choice they they made uh, many years ago uh, to go uh, and became like part of Europe. Therefore, I strongly believe that we're gonna win. The, the victory will be, will be there. I think the cost is gonna be just unimaginable, um, unless again the world will continue to unite and continue to make very hard decisions uh, about supporting Ukraine. Because again, it's it's not just again conflict between two countries. It's a civilizational choice of one country is trying to and another country trying to cut it off. Yeah. And Vlad brought this subject up because I totally forgot, by the way, that today, March 6th, marks the end of the Alamo, the siege of the Alamo. So March 6th, today, 13-day siege, the Battle of the Alamo. And so, you know, it kind of brings us back to that, you know, this this type of situation right here. You have, a, a you know, the underdog, you know, is fighting a big dog. And so the world is watching and they're asking for help. They're begging, you know, pleading. For assistance and pleading for help, uh, asking from the U.S., you know, United States of America, can you please help? You know, what are your thoughts, Vlad, on that, on how the U.S. is responding, you know, to the cries of the Ukrainian people? So, first of all, I need to really say a big thank you to uh, actually like Europe and the United States and all the like free world, which currently stays united. But actually, uh, I also have to say that... Um, the world actually allowed it to happen by actually ignoring uh, 2014 annexation of Crimea and invasion, uh, it's like a, a minor invasion uh, which happened in 2014 uh, into the southern uh, part, southern east part of uh, part of Ukraine. So, if all of these sections were applied uh, at that time, we would not see what's going on right now. We would avoid probably hundreds of thousands lives again i'm not trying to be like pessimistic but if you see what's going on in the escalation which happening right now and bombardment of the like a residential uh buildings again it's just it's just gonna happen like mm -hmm. we, we have to just just understand that therefore while i have again huge appreciation i think that uh the world had to be united much earlier right they we have to make had to make those hard choices much earlier right right so now uh we are pleading for uh to close the sky this is this is where 
we have much less capabilities to resist. Uh, understanding that it might create a much broader conflict, but again, how many lives we need to lose in the in the middle of the Europe? Mm. Again, it's a reminder, it's the middle of uh, geographical Europe, not the Europe as we all know, like France or Luxembourg, which might might perceive as the central of Europe, but ge geographically, Ukraine is in, just in the middle in the, in, of, of, of Europe. Right, it's like the heart of Europe. Yes, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a choice which everyone needs, the answer is the question which everyone needs to need answer. How many lives we need to lose there and see all of this devastation of the sovereign country uh, until other hard choices had to make? And, you know, inside the studio, we have my guests from her podcast, FOGO, The Fear of Going Outdoors. You know, what are, what are your thoughts on, on this subject of Ukraine? Um, well, you know, it was people, those people who listen to my show know my parents are refugees. Uh, and who are you? Refugees. Oh, hi, I'm Ivy. I'm Ivy Lee. With What's up, e. Ivy Lee? Uh, I'm a comedian following Ukraine, <laughs> the that's Ukraine a, segment of the show. That's a hard one. Uh, yeah, so I, I host a Spotify studio shows, a studio show called Fogo Fear of Going Outside. It's a nature show by the most reluctant host ever. Um, and I came on today, uh, to see if y'all could help me figure out about getting some guns to figure out how to go hunting for the first time, um, which we'll get to, but I really want to make I'm space for Vlad. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get you to, uh, give, give you, give you an AK-47 to go over to Ukraine. Yeah, but you're trying to give it to me, but you're not giving me that, that coupon code. I need that coupon code. <laughs> Michael, I want to talk about what are some, you know, maybe some... better cost-effective ways. Because I'm, I'm the child of immigrants. I don't like to pay full price for nothing. Mm. There is nothing on my body right now that was full price. <laughs> 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 nothing. Um, but, you know, Vlad, I've been listening to you. We've been, we've been, my, my heart goes out uh, to y'all. We've been following people in my house. We've been, uh, my husband is a European national. I am the child of refugees um, from the Vietnam War, uh, which to us was like the second Indo-Chinese War, <laughs> which was like the third war that was happening in our region like at the exact same time. You know, and when I see what's happening, I, I know that a lot of people who've never experienced war firsthand um, are are pl rightfully applauding the heroism of the Ukrainian people and the inspiration um, that is like the everyday Ukrainian, you know, putting up resistance um, with such courage and President Zelensky, you know, uh, just inspiring the world to finally take some action to your point um, with his courage. Uh, but I know that the troubles of even the people who survive are, are, are only beginning and will take generations uh, to, to meet out. Um, but uh, if it's any consolation, I know some of those refugees um, will have very funny children because that's how we process trauma <laughs> yeah. with comedy. Um, but yeah, I'm very sorry. I wish I wish it didn't. Uh, I completely agree with you that it definitely he was Putin was testing the waters, um, and he he passed the beta test and is doing this right right now. And probably like two weeks ago, it was like oh. Nobody's going to care if I do this. And probably two weeks ago, he was probably right, you know. But it is it is the everyday heroism of the people on the ground that has inspired, you know, everybody around the world to demand of our leaders that they do something. And, uh, and not, right now, in the history, you know, history is behind you right now because, uh, you know, March 2nd is Texas Independence Day. You know, March 6th, the end of the, you know, marks the end of the Alamo. You know, so there's a lot of history going on this week. So, you know, you... you 
you know, the fight's with you for sure. You know, and I, I think the underdog, even though in the Alamo, we're not, they all died. Uh, but we, you know, we can be successful in this. I think you can be successful in this. I think Ukraine, you know, can, you know, stand up and continue to fight. And then eventually, I think the world will come to their aid. You know, they continue to fight, continue to fight. When everyone, you know, they're you're looking and they're seeing how many people are falling, you know, unfortunately, that's what has to happen. They have to see people dying and they have to plead their case to the mainstream media. And I think the president of Ukraine is doing a good job of getting the message out there. He's winning the war, you know, as far as the message. He's getting the message out there to the mainstream media. He's reaching out to Congress. Uh, he's, he did a Zoom call with the U.S. Congress, you know, members of Congress. And he's saying, hey, you know, we need help. We need assistance here. So he's definitely, you know, winning that fight when it comes to the message of getting that out there. What do you have to say, Matthew? So I think one of the other even more important things that for the first time, if our sources are correct, for the first time in world history, a hardcore neutral country has completely stripped away their neutrality and has gone after a major country for a massive amounts of aggression and basically said, you know what? We're not standing. We're not standing on the sidelines anymore. We're taking action. Switzerland, I believe, has actually put uh, economic sanctions on Russia itself, which is huge because Switzerland stayed neutral. World War One stayed neutral. World War Two stayed neutral during the Cold War. They stayed. They've stayed neutral throughout the entirety of almost modern day civilization, and has finally said, "You know what? This is where we're going to take a stand. This is not going to. This is not going to uh, go well." We are not going to tolerate this, and here is our response. That's huge. And Twitter and TikTok, TikTok is like just heating up over President Zelensky. TikTok is just like, ooh, where did this man? Ooh, this man. <laughs> we we come back from the break. We're going to talk about uh, the president because we heard we had the State of the Union address uh, this week. President Biden ooh, had a lot yeah. of. He had a lot to say, and I want to play a little bit of that. Talk about uh, his speech on Ukraine. Going to play a little bit of that. We're also going to play a little bit of his speech to the American people about taking our firearms away. Because you know what? I wonder what would happen if the Rus- Russian, the Russian citizens were armed. I wonder if they could if they could overthrow Putin. You know, in their protests. And what would happen if more citizens in Ukraine had more guns and more ammo? What could happen there? Uh, you know, and we've always said this before, you know, that's what the Second Amendment, why we have it here in the United States. We come back from the break, talk about that and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, Ukrainian can win, says the U.S. Uh, says the U.S. is a fight back, frustrates Putin's plan for a swift victory there. Not a quick victory. Ukrainians are fighting back, and I, I hope they continue the fight. I love the underdog in this 
in this matchup. I hope the Ukraine, you know, comes out. It's going to be really hard. You know, Zach, it's really hard for a country to, you know, to maintain an occupying force. You know, that, and we found that difficult, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, but we were able to, you know, do good work there. But it's, it's going to be really hard for, you know, Russia, you know, if they do overtake Ukraine, which eventually they will, uh, it's going to be hard for them to occupy, you know, uh, Ukraine, since the Ukrainians are fighting back, they're saying, you know, no, we don't want you here. Yeah, it's urban warfare, which is, you know, the most difficult type of war to fight inside of buildings, houses. It's room to it's, room. it's so difficult. It it's, is. It's you ridiculous. Have to every single room. And it, and, it, and it starts it starts early. You know, it starts, you know, you, you have to, you know, start learning how, you know, learning firearms, learning how to hunt and all that stuff really early. Um, and with that, you know, let's bring in, you know, let's talk about Fogo and what that show is all about. You know, really learning, you know, learning your hunting skills, you know, learning how to get out there and, and, and you know, learning how to shoot, how to take a gun apart, how to clean it. You know, those things are really important. And Ivy, that seems to be what you're trying to do, right? Yeah, in um, season one of Fogux, I just hate that outdoors. We were just talking on the break about, um, like, you know, could could we could I use my hunting course and then go over to Ukraine and fight? And I'm like, I hate being outside. I'm sorry, Vlad. I support <laughs> y'all with everything I can, but but I would prefer to do it from indoors if possible. Probably at my keyboard, you know, disabling some computers or something. Honey, you you could but, you couldn't deal with the February cold weather. I know you can't deal with the Ukrainian weather. No, no, I can't. <laughs> if I um, I'm just you know as 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 hard as it can be like being the first child of immigrants in america being the first american in my family um i am just so glad i am not part of the refugee generation because if i had to run from communists i would be like oh my god just shoot me i did not sign up for this 5k no <laughs> sir <laughs> that is not what i was born to do okay uh so yeah in season one i figured out every single step i had to take to figure out how to go camping and then i actually did it and for season two um, <laughs> because people love to see me do think things that I'm very uncomfortable doing. Uh, I have to learn how to hunt and then I'm actually going to go do it. Like my goal, uh, which I don't know if we're going to be able to achieve this is to do hot air balloon, wild hog hunting, um, which is where the AK of uh, the AK 47 comes in okay. because these are really large animals. But when I walked into your gun shop, um, I mean, some of those guns were worth more than my car, Michael. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to get a gun like this? Mm. Mm. Well, you know, we can we can work something out. You know, um, may need you to do a little cleaning, sweeping. You know, uh, we do need someone to make lunch. You know, you know, every now and then. Oh, I so. can feed you. I can cook <laughs> my booty off. Okay. <laughs> Try to work. We have to get you to work it off a little bit, and then you know we'll get you a gun. Uh, but like seriously, when people are going to get their first gun, like what are the options? It can't like retail, full price retail, you know, like cannot possibly be the only option. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna hear it from my mother from that one. My, uh, why does she have to do the cooking and the cleaning? You know, why can't she do something else? So I'll hear that later. Right now. Gonna get you for that. I know. <laughs> I know. It always comes back to hunt me. I can hear my sister right now. Uh, she doesn't need to do any cooking or cleaning. Uh, what? Shut up. <laughs> All right, but anyway, um, yeah. You're Is right. that your impression of your my sister? sister? Yeah, absolutely. She's listening right now too. <laughs> <laughs> All 
That was rude. I know. That's how that's how I am. Is she gonna get on the YouTube? Whatever you want me to do to him here that I'm physical on your behalf, like I am always gonna be in solidarity, sister. You just let me know and I, and then he will suffer those consequences. Yeah, she's from that, that was you know, terrible. That, that Atlanta area also, you know, so you can relate to her. I, yeah, I can. <laughs> I can. Atlanta. No, nobody nobody's actually from Atlanta. So Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So uh, and tell us a little bit more about what you're trying to do. So we're going to you want to go hunt. Are you going to get down, you know, get out of the helicopter or the hot air balloon or whatever, get out on the ground and actually, you know, slit them, stab them? Are we gonna, what are we going to do? I mean, if I can't get gonna, a gun, I don't really see what other choice I have gonna, but we, to stab it. Are we going to scrape the skin, you know, you know, peel the hair off and, and, and get it ready to cook? You know, we're going to get all that. Oh, my God, Michael, you've never hunted, have you? No, I have not. Oh, my God. No, I have not. <laughs> See, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> See, can't you tell? Way to tell on yourself on your yeah, own yeah, yeah, yeah. radio Don't show. know. Don't know anything about hunting. Don't Am I in do the it. wrong room to figure out how to get a gun? Don't do it. Don't do it at all. No, I can teach you how to kill someone. Absolutely. I can teach you how to do that really well. Okay, like we said, I'm from Atlanta. I already know how to do that, Michael. Okay. <laughs> oh, legally and get away with it? I got you there. <laughs> uh, but, like, we're talking about... You know, like there's like retail. Um, can I borrow a gun? Are there mm. places where I can get used guns for cheaper mm. or like vintage? Like I get most of my clothes. Like how do I? What are my options here, guys? I see a bunch of guns here. I see. I mean, I probably guns in here. I can't even see right now, but I think I see like four. Yeah, Matthew. Okay. So what? Can what I do, just pick one of these what, up? What do you have, Matthew? Tell us what you got there in front of you, and then oh, hold them up. For, hold them up for the camera. And so talk to the what mic. we have here? One stripped. Ruger AR556 lower forged. Our uh, our cost of 149. This is a stripped receiver, meaning you're just gonna have to scratch build this yourself, or buy the uh, some of the components and have somebody build it for you. This is turning into a home shopping ah, network. Talking to the mic. Commercial. <laughs> this is turning into a home shopping network commercial. Here, I'll like display the prices for people while you explain. Then we have one of my favorite gals, Mossberg 500 stripped receiver. Okay, you that... can get these on Gunbroker for about 49 bucks, And the parts kits are um, on auction from usually like Gunbusters, also on Gunbroker for gavel drop, typically anywhere from 150 to 270 And that gives you everything you need just to slap this thing together. YouTube's your best friend on these, and holy crud, everything's just drop in. Do they ship to Ukraine? They might ship to Ukraine. Now you need more than a shotgun. Yeah, we Ukraine. need something more, much more powerful. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but we yeah. Need and for those who kind of like their more unique lowers, we have a DCP3 made by Ballistic Advantage. Also, an, also a um, clone of the M4E1 lower by Aero Precision. As a matter of fact, this is a M4E1 licensed out to Ballistic Advantage by Aero Precision, the parent company of Ballistic Advantage. And how much? That one I'd have to double check. They're usually running around a hundred bucks, but you can get less expensive lowers from companies like Anderson Manufacturing, Palmetto State. Yes, I am uh, giving some of our competition a bit of a shout out just because their pricing is oh so great. You you can literally go to Palmetto State and buy a lower receiver, an entire kit for about four hundred dollars. We're talking the stripped lower, the stripped upper, and everything you need to put an M4 uh, AR15 platform together for roughly 500 to 600 bucks. Now, Matt, I don't I literally don't know under understand anything you just said. Can we just back up a little bit? So, what do you want to know? Are you talking about are these like Legos for guns? Like what are we talking about here? They are absolutely Legos for guns. These are these are Lego parts. 
literally. Hold on one second. Because this right here is a fully assembled Mossberg 500. As a matter of fact, this is my own Mossberg 500. And those who know me and are on my Discord and Twitter servers, you know this thing as either Doggo, Furball, or Mod 3. What we have, starting at the back end for about $100, is the SGA stock down to a borrowed trigger from another from another shotgun build, a SGA front end, oh, about 29 bucks. All the internals all said together are about a hundred, about $55. And then the 20 inch barrel and, and 20 inch tube came off a $200 Maverick 88. That is at my house right now, modified out with an 18 inch barrel that came off this one. That's how easy they are to build. I'm sorry. Um... SGA, that doesn't mean Screen Actors Guild. Nope, that just means shotgun stock. Or whatever, uh, shotgun, probably modular. So, I don't know what they mean by uh, the SGA, but it's basically the Magpul furniture ba uh, back end of a shotgun. And Screen Actors Guild, that's SAG. But oh. I thought it was the Film Actors Guild. Right. No, it's, no, it's SAG. You're right, SAG, SAG after. Is that oh. the Film You're Actors right. Guild? And, 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 and sure. Ivy, Ivy, um, Thomas says uh, you need to have some nail polish to contrast with the gun that you're holding. I am. Not only do I have nail polish, rude. Okay. <laughs> There's Hello Kitty decals. All right. So why don't you stay in your lane? <laughs> Whoever the hang. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to curse right now. Please don't. Uh, yeah, it is really hard for comedians not to curse on live radio. So the cool thing about the AR-15 platform such as this is a strip lower can be bought one month and then you can buy a barrel another month and then the upper another month so you can kind of spread out your your budget a lot more to the point where you can build a four grand rifle in uh, a half a year i do not Matt, I, I do not have half a year before this hunt. You, you have a lot of demands here. You know, you want it cheaper. You want it, you know, you want a good gun. You, you, you're you asking a lot. Okay. So <laughs> something's got to give. Texas. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm entitled to this. Like we, like I, like they taught us like the Texas Pledge of Allegiance. We say it before the American Pledge of Allegiance. And it's, it's like, I pledge to thee, the Texas flag um, you know, one like state, one state. That's right. I got you. One gun per person <laughs> by age forty. By age forty. Entitled, like I am completely entitled entitled to this. It's like <laughs> one of my birthrights. Do we need to explain the difference between rights and privileges on a show about the Second Amendment? It's her right to have a gun. Okay, it's it's her right. It, it technically should be the right for anyone to have a uh, one hundred five millimeter howitzer. In the but, back of their yard, that's fully loaded, ready to go. But can you buy? Is that it? a dog? Is that a howitzer? Is that I don't understand. Hundred five millimeter field gun. <laughs> she wants it cheap. She wants it durable, and she wants it lightweight. She wants okay. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna see what we can do, though. Mm. All right. So Ukraine has the fastest growing refugee crisis. Uh, according to what the U.N. has to say. So the warning came as eyewitnesses described an incident in which three people trying to escape fighting in Irpin just outside of Kiev were killed when they were shelled by Russian forces during an organized evacuation on Sunday. Now, vast numbers of Ukrainian civilians continue to flee cities under bombardment, including the besieged coastal city of Maropol. You have to correct me if I'm wrong there, where Russian forces were agreed again to allow an urgent evacuation. We come back from the break, talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. 
Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so this week we actually had a chance to listen to, um, or painfully listen to, uh, the President of the United States give a State of the Union address. And so this is what President Biden had to say for the Ukrainian people. Take a listen to this. Ukrainian, their fearlessness, their courage, their determination literally inspires the world. Groups of citizens blocking tanks with their bodies, everyone from students to retirees to teachers, turned soldiers defending their homeland. And in this struggle. And then we had the painful state of having to listen to the president talk about. Uh, the United States, uh, he had a message for U.S. citizens. Take a listen to this. I will do everything in my power to crack down on gun trafficking of ghost guns that you can buy online, assemble at home, no serial numbers, can't be traced. I ask Congress to pass proven measures to reduce gun violence, pass universal background checks. Why should anyone on the terrorist list be able to purchase a weapon? Why? Why? And folks, ban assault weapons with high-capacity magazines that hold up 100 rounds. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? Look, repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The only one. So in one breath, the president says, hey, Ukraine, you know, you need guns. You need this. You need that. We're going to give you support. We're going to do what we can, you know, to help you fight Russia. And then on the other breath, you know, he comes back and he says, well, you know, U.S. citizens, you don't need guns. So, <laughs> so uh, we seem to forget, you know, the purpose of the Second Amendment. Uh, and so what is good for Ukraine citizens is good for the American citizens. What do you think? I, I'm actually really curious to Vlad, like what is like, you know, what is that? Does, does Ukraine have like a right to bear arms? Like what is y'all's military and like gun situation on the ground over there? Actually, do well, do you guys have a military? Does Ukraine, Ukraine actually have a Ukraine military? Yeah, we definitely have. And as you can see, it's uh, just ruining all the stereotypes uh, which you can have. Uh, so we are allowed only to possess like a hunting guns. So we can buy kind of uh, civil version of AK-47, but you're gonna it's gonna be like a as a hunting rifle, right? Uh, that's all. Now it's definitely changed. Uh, <laughs> now it's a martial law, and uh, they lifted all restrictions. They basically giving guns, uh, every, especially in the cities where it's which are in the immediate danger. Uh, they are um, giving weapons to uh, any and everybody, everybody who wants to defend uh, their city, village, or uh, stuff like that. And this is what we've said all along. We've said this, you know, for years and for decades. You know, if, if you know, there is an attack on the homeland, you know, it's going to boil down to the citizens, the people to defend the homeland. And that's what it's going to take. You know, by you saying you can't own this gun, you can't own that gun, you know, that's going to hurt the country, the nation. 
you know, if we we're to repeal repeal an attack, we've got to be able to have the the firepower to be able to do that. The right to be able to have everything that the military can have. If the military can have a tank, then I want a tank. If they can have a missile, I want a missile. You know, that's right. That's what the Second Amendment is all about. Whatever the United States military can have or whatever other country military can own and possess, then I should be able to own it and possess it too. I should be able to have a tank, a grenade, a missile, everything that I can afford. I should be able to have it. So is gun list so this is a question kind of that comes up with me about the price and stuff. Do you feel that ownership of uh of weapons, guns, missiles, everything um you said like if you can afford it. Like That's do right. you feel that it it that like gun ownership is for everyone or only for people with disposable income? No, not not everyone deserves to have a firearm. There are people that we come across throughout the day, you know, that person should have a gun, you know. <laughs> They're nuts. They're crazy. So trust me, there's some people. Where's my order at? I want my order now. So Give me my order. So he, a lot of people are going to come across. And especially if you call me and yell at me, you're definitely not going to get one. <laughs> so, uh, But it, it, yeah, absolutely. So there are people that definitely should not have a gun. But yes, you know, we as a society, that's right. You know, we have to defend ourselves. We should be able to defend ourselves. I shouldn't have to worry about having to call the police or, um, you know, the United States. We should not have to worry about being the world police for every country that's out there. If these countries were armed, they would be able to defend themselves. You wouldn't have to call the United States and ask us for assistance or help. We didn't ha you wouldn't have to dial 911 and say, hey, U.S., come help me, please. Uh, if you arm, if they arm themselves, they'll be able to defend themselves. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think people that I think NATO and the Ukraine has specifically asked the United States not to intervene militarily uh, because we do not have a very good track record <laughs> <laughs> of what happens in conflicts when we uh, get involved. Um, I think it's more kind of these these are that, that I think that's specifically why um, we haven't gotten in uh, my family. Again, refugees also from a conflict with the United States don't have a really great great track record of what yeah. happens when we get involved on the ground. I so think, I think I, it's a little more complicated than that. I think it's going to be the beginning of World War III, and I think it'll be the beginning of World War III when China takes over that little country they've been eyeing for quite a while. you got to narrow that down a bit for me. What? There's a few There's a few countries that they've been eyeing. What's that little country China's been eyeing? You got Hong Kong, you got Taiwan. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So when, when China decides to you know invade Taiwan and take over Taiwan, boom. That's going to be the trigger. So when China moves, you got Russia on the move, and eventually they're going to pull us in, Do you know, not, just like World War II. I want you to knock on wood. I want you to take back everything you just said. I do not need you to manifest World War III not because we are just now ending a pandemic, and I am trying to have a hot girl summer. I what am pandemic? not trying. There's no to, pandemic. <laughs> is there not? Is there not? Is we this, forgot about that. We forgot about that in this room. Oh, we forgot. <laughs> what pandemic? There's no pandemic. No, no. What mask? What mask? I don't see any mask. No one's wearing a mask. No one cares. Anymore. I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Casey in the sound booth doing the most. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so how was your shooting experience today? Because today you had a chance to, you know, shoot a bunch of different guns. And and I want to know how it was and what made you decide to come to class. Uh, I'll start from the letter, from the why I decided to come to the class, right? I, I just realized that, again, that I know guns. Again, I shoot like a dozen times. But I just try to like put myself uh, in shoes of my friends who are now uh, going to be most likely drafted at some point of time, and I realize that I have, I'm like a first guy who's gonna be killed because I have no clue 
about how to how to be how to use gun like a professionally, right? And mm. I realized that I have to start from somewhere and start doing this like a once in a blue moon um, visits to shooting range and start maybe approach it more more regularly. And the starting point was just to understand like what can I do, just to educate myself about the laws and about uh, actually how to approach the gun, how to take it to make sure I not kill myself or uh, someone in my house, for example. That was the reason why I came to like a, a, um, the course, okay. uh, just to kind of do the basics. So do they cover a lot of the laws? Because I think that's super confusing for somebody who hasn't gotten the first gun. Because on one hand, there's all these people who are saying there's not enough gun laws. And then on the other hand, you go in, you know, then some people are saying there's like too many laws. And I'm like, I, I don't even I don't even like to I, I don't I probably don't even pay my credit card bills on time because I don't read <laughs> all the fine print. Like y'all got to tell me, like, is there a lot of laws or is there not a lot of laws? And what do I need to know? So did we cover the laws well? We, I think you, you made a very good introduction and you made a very good point that there's a bunch of other things to cover. I think for me, it was a lot of new things to understand that actually, uh, again, if you just a usual news reader, you would probably understand in Texas you can, anyone can buy a gun. Anyone can buy a gun. In reality, there's a long list of actual restrictions, right? Right. As you introduced, and it was a big, big surprise to me. And I finally was able to explain to my wife, who is like, we have a different opinions about guns, that it's not just it's easier to, to buy, gun, buy a gun here. There are really a lot of things to check before you can legally buy it. Right. It's, it's not as easy as people think. You know, yeah. you got to fill yeah. out this form, this paperwork. We call the FBI, do a background check on you. You know, you can't be a convicted felon, can't be convicted of domestic violence, can't be charged a felony, can't have any charges pending. You cannot renounce your U.S. citizenship. You cannot, you know, have a protective order. You know, you cannot, you know, just so many restrictions, you know, when it can't comes to Can't have a marijuana card at all from any other state. Yeah, you, you know, oh yeah. So you have a medical marijuana card. Are y'all checking my credit, though? As no. long as y'all not checking my credit score, I think I'm straight. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, so, so Ivy, you know, you which which one of these guns here you like? Um, I don't know, Matt. You were telling me like which which one can which one can kill a wild hog? So let's see. I would say the. Let me bring her back out because she's one of my favorites. For those who know, they know the Mossberg five hundred, especially with three inch slugs, it's has. Yeah, uh, so it's basically a solid shot, one single rifled piece of lead going down the barrel instead of multiple pellets. So a solid slug out of this thing is the equivalent of a 20-millimeter anti-aircraft gun with less powder behind it. As a matter of fact, you can literally stuff a 50 cal BMG into this chamber. Just don't pull the trigger. The pressure will turn this thing into a watermelon. So, okay, so... Do, so if I don't pull the trigger, then how do I shoot it? No, he's <laughs> saying if you put a bullet that's meant for a different gun, a big rifle, in okay. there, it will fit in there, but just don't try and shoot don't it. Don't try and shoot it. Just pull that sucker right back out. But instead, <laughs> you buy what are called slugs, shotgun slugs, that fit in here and are meant for this. Okay. Uh, normally, a shotgun shell is basically, think about a bunch of BBs that are fired out. That oh, that's why you're trying to they say They kind of spread piece. out as the distance uh, gets greater. But a slug is just one solid piece of lead that when you shoot it out, it's like a giant bullet. Okay, a so big the, bullet, bigger the animal, than a, in a pistol. The animal would stay intact then so I could cook it because that's the whole Part point, right? Part of it right? would, yeah. 
It will be easier to take a slug out of an animal than a thousand little pellets. I'll say that. Uh, you have to hunt down each individual pellet, and if you miss one, you're probably going to chip your teeth on one of those things. All right, we come back from the break. We'll finish talking about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Bright Park News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, Ivy Lee from Fogo, you had some questions. I do. I feel like you, you know, you told me a little bit. I feel like you like gave me like home shopping network version of the parts of your guns. And I really do not feel like I am walking out of here, like knowing how to get a gun to go hunting, you guys. So, you know, like I want to do a round robin. You tell me like what you, if I was, if I was like your sister, like what are you gonna do to get a gun in her hands before a wild hog goes up on her you know <laughs> she's like walking walking down the, i don't even know what those things are called that we walk down to go find the animals in the woods or i don't know where i don't know where i'm gonna go hunting i'm figured out my recommendation for you would be a 300 blackout uh, air pistol type uh rifle. pistol that's right air pistol it i say the word pistol but it looks like a rifle okay okay it's just a shorter version of the rifle okay okay so a 300 blackout that caliber um, we'll add some some red dot sights on it. You know, uh, we'll do the Holosun that has the solar power, the solar you know little panels on it. There, you know, you can relate to that. Uh, saves energy. You'll like that. And then you it, it, people it, oh, people who listen to my show care about the environment exactly. for sure. Always yeah. stays mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So the red dot's always on. You'll like that. You can hit your target. It'll be great. You'll love it. Okay, that sounds that I feel like you're like Ivy. Come pay for this full price at my store. I mean, how else can I get a gun? Okay, so um, uh, you can, let's see, range safety, um, you can do, um, let's see, you can teach, uh, you can come and do our comedy show, you know, for the next six months to a year, uh, let's see. To pay off a gun? If yes. you don't book me on your comedy show, I am going to so, cancel you on the internet. Oh my God! <laughs> if you don't, if you don't bring me in oh after this goodness. to do the comedy show at your gun shop. All right. Okay. But I, I only accept payment in cash for that. I'm not bartering six months of comedy. Okay, so the, for, ne- like, a the gun. comedy show is March 19th. Okay, March 19th at Central Texas Gunworks, you know, called Guns and Giggles. Oh, I actually can't do the 19th because I'm in a comedy festival in New Orleans. Uh, uh, I'm a working comedian. Oh my God. So now um, we got to shoot for April. Can I, like, literally, can I just borrow one of your guns? No, 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 no. See, we're, we got to work this off. You know, borrow. We don't borrow guns. People totally I don't like borrow guns. Do you like, would you let someone, a random person, borrow your gun to go and take it on I'm a trip? I'm not random. A hunting trip? No, I'm but I'd random. let uh, my friends loan their guns to me. But you wouldn't loan one of your guns. If it was my friend, maybe, if they knew what they were doing. Why did you look at me like that? (laughs) If they don't know what they're doing, then uh, I'd be a little more hesitant. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll go out on the trail with you, holding your hand while you use my firearms, but you're going to be with me the entire time. She's married, Matthew. That takes a lot of trust. Also, I need my hands to operate the gun. One hand. 
I'm just I'm just gonna be supervising, make sure my firearms aren't used improperly. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's okay. Hilarious. So tell me that from a gunner's, if you have guns to spare, if you mm-hmm. have guns that, in theory, you could let somebody borrow if you trusted them enough. How do I become somebody that you trust enough to let me borrow your gun? Ooh, ooh. Let me see. Uh, you got to be a ring on this finger. <laughs> that's, that's, got a, that's a lot going on there. <laughs> We're talking a lot. Let's see if my dishes are done, if my laundry is all done, if the bathroom is cleaned. Uh, or would it join hot meal y'all don't clean cooked. your own bathrooms? <laughs> Maybe join Ukrainian armed forces. I think you'll mm-hmm. be like part of the brotherhood or sisterhood, and they will borrow you. Thank you. They can borrow your stinger. Thank they can you. borrow your javelin. Oh. You, you 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 can like expand your uh, gun uh, knowledge real quick. The Ukrainians are the Ukrainians. The only one in this room is trying to help me right now. <laughs> <laughs> They'll give you a gun for free. They'll give you AK. This man, this, you can get this, an AK. <laughs> you just have to fight for Ukraine. <laughs> and I would gladly, if I could do it indoors instead of going outside. Well, yeah, snipers. I'm sure they they can use some snipers in Ukraine. So, I mean, but I'm serious. I'm serious, right? Like, I'm sure the people are borrowing guns. People are selling their guns, like used, you know, outside of a of a regular marketplace. How 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 do how do I do that? And yeah, no, no. Tell me, Matt. Tell me. So uh, I do have two websites that I go to, and I call them my worst friends, mostly because they are enablers. I tend to be a junkie with these things. For those who know me, I love Gunbroker. Gunbroker is an auction ha- online auction house for everything firearm-related. Firearms, firearm parts, magazines, spare stuff. And a lot of these are auction-based at what we call penny. So they started, the bidding starts at a penny. You put in the maximum bid you want are willing to go. And then you just wait and watch and make sure this thing doesn't go above your max bid. And if it does not go above your max bid, it's yours. Uh, can it be like one penny for MiG-29? I wish they don't have MiGs on there, but I would love a MiG-29. <laughs> Actually, I'd love, I'd love a T-54. I think I can arrange financing for like a 304 of them. <laughs> I do want a T-54. Actually, I also want a T-34. And if they can ever find one, I would love a Panzer Ausf. Aus <laughs> 4 I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So what do you think about that? Okay, so I just went on gunbroker.com, just on my phone real quick, and I put in that gun that you said, the 300 blackout, uh-huh. and there's only um, bullets or slugs or whatever you want to call them. You, what you want to look up is actual uh, AR-15, and then you're going to filter it out chambered in 300 blackout. Yeah. I tried that. Filter it out. So there's a, that's a filter? Blackout is a, blackout is a filter? Okay, so, AR-15. Go to filter. Okay, filters. So this instead is this of, uh, instead of fire. oh, like AR fifteen is like a whole category. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so today, I, I think Matt is the one that told me that AR does not stand for assault rifle. No, it actually stands for something else. Armalite rifle. Armalite rifle, and as a matter of fact, they have the trademark to the name, so anyone else who manufactures this style of firearm cannot name it AR fifteen. Yeah, Armalite rifle. So okay. So that I think that's like huge misconception, right? And just like, and I'm like, oh, Armalite, why aren't they saying that? Why are they making that a bigger deal? That's actually a really cute brand. It's like, oh, Armalite, you know? Like, why aren't they telling us? <laughs> Armalite, they do minor, they, they're like the, um, so it's, the best way to describe them is they're kind of like cult. They uh, are very proud of their brand, so they don't really let anybody touch their stuff. Also, uh, when it comes to Armalite, the idea back in the day was lightweight, 
econ, uh, economically, economically friendly firearms. So it was, uh, let's see how, how lightweight we can make this thing for sporting use. Now, Thomas says, you know, go to a range and you can rent a gun at the gun range. Uh, but that's going to be for the use at the gun range. Right. I can't you know, take that hunting. Right. No one's going to let you rent a gun from a gun store or range and then take it somewhere else and go, you know, hunting and use it somewhere else. Like you can rent a car and drive around the state or drive around the country. So I can't rent it. No. And I feel like what y'all are telling me is that no, like people don't. Is it true people don't lend guns? Uh, to their friends or I mean, like, you, unless you know someone, you know, you're really close to someone that's willing to do that. That's a really touchy subject because you're talking, you know, guns, you know, the bullets have certain, you know, ballistics. When that bullet comes out, it leaves a signature, you know, like a, a thumbprint. And, you know, if you make a mistake and you shoot something that can come back on that person whose gun that belongs to. So that's why people are hesitant and let someone just borrow their firearm. OK. Yeah. Uh, but it does happen. Yes. So, like, Zach, it's you were possible. saying, like, if you trusted someone, like, what would make you trust that somebody, just, like, they have good intentions or that you feel that you've gone, uh, you've gone shooting with them and that you, or do you mean, do you trust their accuracy rate or, like, what is it that you mean by trust? Well, another thing, uh, you know, a reason why guns don't get loaned out a lot is because, you know, as Americans and just people of this country, we want you to have a gun, too. We want you to have your own gun, you know, we want you to, we want you to fly the nest. And get a gun of your own. Well, I mean, I know these guys like sell them, but uh-huh. like you don't. <laughs> like, I don't. You do? Do you? Do you sell? Do I you sell? I guns? don't. No. Okay. No, right. Don't. Right. You don't sell guns, right? So then, what? Um, like, wouldn't you want to lend people guns to get them excited about trying guns? If I really trusted someone, yeah. Right, and but then what does that mean? High level of trust. Do you, you know? You, you know how when you trust safety? someone, and you. So here's what uh, you can do. I got a know, solution for you. You're very uh-huh. close to them. You would be able to use one of their guns if you took them with you on this hunting trip. Okay, so you'd want to. So it's not. It's not that you trust that I've taken all the safety classes I could take. It's not that you need me to like have passed like every FBI check or whatever because I actually don't even have to have that to borrow no, don't or use a gun, right? You don't care. Part. You just mean the you, safety part. Yeah, you would have to know that. Okay. I would not loan out my gun to someone who. Did not know all of the safety rules. I would at least go over that with them and make sure that they knew. How can I prove to you that I knew all the safety rules? Hey, can I? I I, would go over them all. So can I borrow your cell phone for a week? No. Why? Uh, Because I use it. I'm on it 16 hours a day. I would be completely like, I literally wouldn't be able to work without it. All right. But you wouldn't, but okay. So... What if we you gonna we put you in an office somewhere where you can use a landline and use a computer? Can I borrow your cell phone for a week? A landline? I'm like, I I I feel like I feel like this is a I feel like maybe car is a better simile because <laughs> I feel like you 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 people you are using a cell phone very differently than how I am using right, a right. cell phone. This is like <laughs> yeah, so it's it's See? more like I think it's more like a car, right? It's just right. a very high value item. It can you don't want you definitely want it to come back in good shape. Good. I wouldn't lend a car to just anybody, uh-huh. right? And certainly I would want to know that this is a person who can. I drive would actually safely. let someone borrow a vehicle before I let them borrow a gun. Okay, absolutely. I'll let someone borrow, I'll let people borrow vehicles, drive vehicles all the time. A gun's a totally different thing. So is there any polite way to ask somebody to borrow a gun or just the fact that I'm asking is already like it's crossing the, it, bounds? Bring them, no, not necessarily. Bring them along on the trip. Say, hey, you know, I have this hunting trip I'm going on. You know, can you come with me? And then also, you know, can I borrow your gun to shoot? Absolutely. And that, they'll, they'll be willing to do that. 
easily. Better yet, uh, just, hey, I'll even throw in a couple boxes of ammo. Yeah. I'll, I'll cover some of the ammo fees. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I'll definitely do that. See, yeah, they'll they'll let you. They'll provide the ammunition for you. Oh, heck yeah! I'll, I'll come along. Oh, definitely. <laughs> all right, and we come back from the break. We're going to talk about that. You got some more questions. I want to make sure we get to all your questions there. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. Just so you know, I call in numbers 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. 512-643-LIVE. Give us a call and, and ask us a few questions there. Also, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a bar in Austin, Texas. I'm going to write it on a bathroom wall for a oh good time call. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Every Sunday. Are call you that number. person? <laughs> what, writing on bathroom walls? Yes. No, I'm just like reading. I'm just like taking it all in. <laughs> I don't know the graffiti that y'all have in y'all's bathrooms, but in our bathrooms, they're, they're like inspiring. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's usually, you know, no, I don't want to tell you. That's a secret. What happens in the men's restroom stays in the men's restroom. <laughs> Please. I would prefer it that way. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, that feels so much better. Yeah, there we go. Okay, thank you. All right, it's so, like he had any fiber today. <laughs> this man had no fiber today. You don't know that. You don't know me. Y'all, y'all, every, I don't care what you do with your guns or you don't do. I need y'all to hydrate. <laughs> She's trying to call me out. She's saying I'm ashy. <laughs> How do you see that? Do you see that? Yeah, I can. You're a black how about, man. How about that? Yes, I can see that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so someone says, "Hey, would uh, would the guest loan out her jewelry to someone she barely knows? Your jewelry? Would you learn that?" Out? I mean, I'm just insulted that y'all think that these guys barely know me. I feel like these guys like <laughs> no. I'm like uh, I'm. Y'all know me, okay? The person that I am, uh, you know, like on the show or like when I was in your gun store or whatever, is just the person I am all the time. Austin is a really small town. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, like, it, 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 I'm not really completely a stranger. And, of course, I live here in Texas, so it, it might not be these guys that I'm, I'm asking. I know lots of people with guns. I just don't know what uh, – but I am also super Southern, so I want to be really polite. I don't want to – Ask if it's an imposition. Like, I, I won't even want to put somebody in the position of trying to find a polite way to say no if it's just not a thing that is done. So if if I'm going to shop, mm-hmm. right, if I'm going to buy used or if I'm going to buy new or if I'm going to offer to, you know, compensate somebody with ammo to, like, lend out their gun to me, or, you know, for their trouble or whatever, like, I don't even know at that point, like, what am I looking for, what the buying process looks like. I wouldn't, like, I definitely wouldn't just go in and buy a car just trusting the first salesperson that tells me I need to be in this expensive car, right? So what do I need to be looking for? You know, when I'm out trying to acquire one way or the other, kind of my first gun for hunting. What do you think? Well, first, I would say the best thing to do would be we want to figure out exactly what kind of animal we're hunting, because then that will determine what kind of calibers we need to run. So light varmints, such as like rabbit, squirrel, we can probably go smaller around 22 
uh, long rifle. Uh, if we're going a bit bigger, like uh, smaller deer here in Texas or even hog, I'd probably say 5.56223 NATO, which case the AR-15 is a perfect platform just because it's very lightweight, easy to learn how to handle and how to operate one. Um, there are not very many controls. It's also very recoil friendly to most of the for newcomers who uh, may not uh, have the experience of handling a firearm. And you put something a bit bigger in their hands, they get extremely intimidated. I mean, I've seen people who have that shoulder, their shoulder knocked back by a 12 gauge on their first try ever on a firearm. And the last thing they always say, I don't want to ever touch something like that again. So it's very easy to learn how it's recoil friendly and it's very easy to operate. I did, I did not see recoil friendly as a filter on gunbroker.com. <laughs> Your standard AR platform will always be recoil friendly. And part of the reason, I'm going to bring out my favorite gal, my other favorite gal. Oh, boy. Come on. Come on. Come here. So this is a AR-15 variant based on a video game gun from a specific video game based on Japanese culture called Girls Frontline. This is M4 Sop Mod Block 2. And what we have on the back end right here is what we call the buffer tube. And we're going to do a whole nother show on, you know, SOP mods and what that means. We're going to do a whole show on, you know, the the relationship between guns and... Japanese anime. Anime. <laughs> that's, that's a whole show in all Don't worry. Stuff. Yeah. And boy, are we going to dab, we're going to dig into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dorkiness has come out really but big anyway. on that way. But anyway, back here where the buttstock is... There's actually on the inside of that, there's a metal tube called a buffer tube. And inside that metal tube, mm -hmm, inside that metal tube, there's a giant spring and a large weight. And what that does is it slows the bolt down enough for the recoil to be handled before bringing it back in to battery. Let me. Okay, this is starting. I am starting to relate this to Asian car culture now. Okay, I'm like, all right, oh, like we have parts like that, you know, when you're trying to get a performance vehicle. And see, that's why classes are important. Yeah. It's important you you t you sign up for a class, you take a safety class, and you know, and do that before you do this hunting trip. All that stuff is very important. And you're gonna have to take a hunting hunter safety course anyway to hunt in Texas. Uh, not wild hog. You don't because you don't? they are considered an invasive species. Ooh. You basically have no Free restrictions. Range. Wow. But no tag should, but you should no do it anyway, though. You should, you know, do a hunter safety course anyway. I think I will, uh, just because I am the studious type, uh, you know. <laughs> but, you know, actually, you know, I want to go back to what that commenter, you know, was saying, like, when I loan out my jewelry. Well, I or mean, your I car. Think, or, well, I think the, the car is like if you're, you know, it's something that could get yourself into a lot of trouble. But the jewelry is not so much that you're worried about getting damaged. You're worried about it being stolen. So, like, but, like, that's a totally different concern, right? Whether you trust whether or not they're going to get into trouble versus whether you trust whether or not they're going to bring it back to you. That's, like, a whole nother question. Like, I think the concern that people think I'm going to take their firearms from them is, like, not, that's not really my problem. I don't think anybody thinks that I'm not going to return something like that that I borrowed. People know where I live. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. And then tell us a little bit more, more about your, your show, your podcast. You know, how can people find you? Yeah. So uh, right now my show is available anywhere where podcasts are uh, are are found, um, but it is a Spotify podcast. So if you listen to it on Spotify, that does help, you know, that does help the people who 
uh, license the show, like know that people are really interested and, you know, is driving traffic to them. That does help. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Fogo Podcast or at Ivy Lee with one E, the phrase all spelled out. Right now, season one uh, dropped this past year. So you can, you know, you can binge the whole thing, the whole adventure to kind of get a sense and get excited of what season two is going to be. Uh, kind of the path and all the characters that we kind of encounter while we're trying to understand like what's so great about the outdoors. And Fogo, which stands for? Fear of going outside. Ooh. Yeah, it's not like agoraphobia. It's just literally, I hate nature. Mm. So bad. Okay, all right. Now, I remember you saying that you wanted to actually learn how to like get an inexpensive firearm, such as that one for hunting. Your two, I'd say your two best manufacturers for that, especially on GunBroker, because they are so prevalent, would be, you want to look up Anderson Manufacturing. Actually, I'll give you three. Anderson Manufacturing, Palmetto State Armory, and Arrow Precision. These are the three, I would say these are the three top budget firearms on the market right now, uh, followed up by, say, uh, Diamondback Firearms and Radical Firearms. If I were to buy a used gun, like, what are the things I need to look for? To I would say, um, I would say, uh, uh, wear and tear. So I kind of want to, uh, I kind of want to get a good idea of what the externals look like because the externals kind of will tend to mimic what the internals look like. So if I have a very scratched up outside firearm, uh, outer shell. So for example, if the bu- uh, bu- um, handguard and the receiver have a lot of scratches and like show heavy use. I don't know what the bolt looks like. I don't know what the internals look like. I don't know what the round count has been through that thing. So I don't know if parts are worn out. So I kind of look for something that may have much more of a shiny finish because either the round count's high and they've very well maintained it, or it's what we call a safe queen. To give you an idea, this rifle right here, this is my safe queen. She never really comes out unless I'm going to go to the range with it, bang away about 100 rounds, and then she gets cleaned the same day. Hey, is there is there such a thing as like a Carfax report for a gun when you're talking about wear and tear? No, not really. The uh, the only few companies I know who actually do that are uh, your auction houses such as Lock, Stock, and Barrel on GunBroker and King's uh, King's Auction Pawn on GunBroker. And they actually get the way King's does it is they actually give you a grading system that the NRA makes out. So it's like level seven is new in box. Level five, you have some major wear and tear. Level four. The gun we've te- we've tested it to make sure the trigger goes bang, but there could be some other internals because holy crud, does the thing look like uh, it's been through hell and back? Pardon and before, my French. And before we go, can you tell us, you know, what can we do to help you know, the citizens of Ukraine? Um, look for uh, there are different. You can donate basically, right? Uh, if you look like almost any all major companies uh, now um, supporting in one way or another, right? They are either donating directly or supporting their employees who donate, and they kind of double your, your donation, for example. Um, and just look for any kind of Help Ukraine. There is a one very trustable organization, if I can mention it. Um, yes, please. Uh, Come Back Alive. Uh, it's, it started from 2014. This is where like a volunteer group um, stood up behind the army and um, at that point of time helped with all everything, every, like medical supplies, everything like that. So if you want to kind of help Ukraine, this is one of the organizations... <coughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. And a lot of other organizations like UN, traditional Red Cross and all those things like every help matters. Yeah. I, you know what? I want to thank my guest uh, Fogo, uh, Ivy Lee for coming on the show and also my guest Vlad from Ukraine and telling us about what's happening in Ukraine. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. 
This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.